From the Sky News Centre at 7, the United Nations Security Council has called an urgent meeting over an incident in Gaza that's reportedly left at least 112 people dead. The health ministry there says Israeli soldiers fired at people trying to get aid off trucks. But Israel's chief military spokesperson, Daniel Hagari, insists his soldiers didn't shoot at civilians. Some began violently pushing and even trampling other Gazans to death, looting the humanitarian supplies. The unfortunate incident resulted in dozens of Gazans killed and injured. A report concludes a police officer who murdered Sarah Everard three years ago should never have got his job. Ruth McKee reports on the findings from the woman who headed up the independent inquiry. Opportunities to disrupt Cousins' offending and bring his policing career to a halt were missed. Lady Eilish Angeloni says botched investigations and bungled background checks left William Cousins free. Vetting procedures weren't good enough, debt reports overlooked and indecent exposure claims like one when he worked in Kent in 2015 ended with no action taken. The current head of that force explains why. It was investigated to an officer without specialist training. It meant future vetting checks turned up nothing. The Home Secretary says new rules aim to stop this. There will also be an automatic suspension of police officers charged with certain criminal offences. Sarah's family say she'd never have been killed if Cousins hadn't been able to use his job to gain her trust that night. The Russian president's warned of a risk of nuclear war if NATO countries send troops into Ukraine. Vladimir Putin said it during his annual State of the Nation. Some big companies have announced job losses. Game developers EA is getting rid of 670 posts. The body shop is axing 500 positions and Sainsbury's is reducing its workforce by 1,500. And it looks like Katie Price will lose nearly half her income from OnlyFans. A high court judge ruled she hadn't paid what was agreed after being declared bankrupt. We are, we are Castle Down FM. Sounds interesting with Steve G. Well, welcome along to tonight's program, and uh, we really have got a very full program for you. Um, it uh, will be local writer Peter Staples, uh, who has written a book about his memoirs of growing up in the 1960s. Also, uh, Brian Havelson, who is a journalist, and he has written about the music of the 60s and uh, 70s, uh, many times actually, uh, but he's going to join us and tell us about that tonight. And uh, Then, in the second hour of the program, I shall be joined by Jim Creek, who was once a member of the Faces and has worked extensively with Rod Stewart and many others, so plenty to get our teeth into over the next two hours of Sun that sounds interesting. Let's start with this one from the Olanders. This is uh, a Lennon and McCartney composition, Michelle. <laughs> Oh, 
And I will say the only words I know that you'll understand my meaning. So really pleased uh, today to go for two sounds interesting. Uh, Peter Staples, and he's a local uh, author, and he's written a book uh, called Andover, A Musical History, which is co-written with John Walker. Well, welcome along, uh, Peter. Sorry? Sorry, I said welcome along. <laughs> oh, thank you. Oh, thank you very much. Yeah, I didn't hear that part. <laughs> okay, don't worry. Um, so your book starts uh, way down in the 1800s, and then you trace the musical history right up to today. Uh, that must have taken you months of research. Yes, it took uh, about 18 months altogether. You know, it was uh, quite a task. Um, going to... Uh, I spent a lot of time over the... Uh, archives over at uh, Winchester mm-hmm. uh, so uh, yes it, um, it it took uh, 18 months altogether mm. and uh, I know you, you uh, cover all sorts of types of music in the book uh, but this for this interview I, I would like to concentrate uh, more on the pop and rock music from the 1950s to the present day so what has made Andover such an uh, important place in musical history well I, I suppose the main thing really that sticks out with Andover was the uh, would have been the you know the, the Trogs success you know mm-hmm. my group the Trogs that that sort of stands out uh, uh, worldwide but of course there was um, there was a, a lot a lot of groups uh, around at the time um, there was uh, there was a couple of fellows uh, uh, also from Andover Peter Bartholomew mm-hmm. he lived at Millway Road in Andover and um, he was in a group called the Overlanders. Oh, yes, yeah, they had that hit, um, that uh, one from the Beatles, wasn't it? Obladi, Oblada. Yeah, it was, uh, yeah, Michel. Yeah, um, that was it, yeah, sorry, yeah, Michel. By the Beatles, yeah. so um, uh, that, that's uh, uh, something I found out that I didn't know. Mm-hmm. Also...
played in Uriah Heep. He was on all the, wow. all the early records. Yeah. Uriah Heep. Yeah. And um, then there's also uh, another fellow um, that I knew very well, um, Alan Glover, sorry, David Glover. He went on to uh, play bass on the, the first two of Alton John's uh, albums. Wow. <laughs> so, um, Can't get much so, better than that, can you? Well, no, no. Um, so the, the, that's the sort of the main people that, uh, you know, actually uh, made the headlines, so to speak. But, of course, there was loads of um, other groups around that didn't make it, which were extremely good groups. And um, it, it was just lovely, um, you know, talking to the remaining people of those groups mm. back in the 60s. Sure. It was a very interesting project.
On the train in a station With glass porters With looking glass ties So For everyone, we are Castle Down FM. Sounds interesting with Steve G. So, were there sort of like surprises that you discovered in your research? You know, certainly in the 60s and 70s, performers were sort of heading for the university campus or larger concert halls. But did you find that, you know, actually there were quite a few actually that played locally that perhaps you wouldn't have necessarily thought of? Yeah, there was, um, well. At the time, I say around about the 60s, I knew most of the groups in Ando then because uh, there was, uh, as I say, there wasn't a lot. There was, there was quite a few uh, pop all the time. Um, because what happened was you, you had the skiffle group, you know, days where um, people just needed an ish guitar and a tea chest and yeah. a washboard and they got going with that. Then it gradually um, started to pick up with... Uh, People get electric guitars, and it gradually swelled up until, um, you know, there was groups like the Strangers. They did mostly the shadow stuff. Mm-hmm. And, uh, of course, the early Trogs and Men Friday in Andover, they did R&B. So there's a very diverse uh, selection of music that mm-hmm. people, um, you know, went on to play. Um, so then there was a lot of gigs around Andover at the time. I say mainly... And dance halls, which you don't get these days, so get dance halls to mm-hmm. be played in, but um, dance halls, pubs, and clubs. So uh, it was quite a quite quite, quite a, a, a big thing in that over the, the music scene around the sixties.
voice of Tidworth and Ludger Scholl, heard around the world. We are Castle Down FM. Sounds interesting with Steve G. Well, my thanks there for a wonderful uh, insight into the local area of Andover from uh, Peter Staples. And my next uh, I'm going to be speaking to in a minute will be uh, Brian Halverston. But uh, first of all, let's have this track from Muddy Waters. This is I'm Your Hoochie Coochie Man. <laughs> woman told my mother before I was born you got a boy child coming gonna be a son of a gun he gonna make pretty women's jump in shout then the world wanna know
very pleased uh, to have with me today uh, Brian Halverson, who's uh, written a book, The Joy of Life, Fishing and Rock and Roll. <laughs> Those things go together very well, don't they? <laughs> uh, well, um, it really captured the era. Uh, yeah, the actual title is uh, Going Back to the 60s. Right. Which, as you say, but, was, a, was an incredible era. In uh, fact, the 60s were quite enlightening times, weren't they? For the first time, the young were really finding a voice, and that seems to be reflected in the music. What would you? What was your take on that? Oh, absolutely. I totally agree, Steve. Um, uh, it was, for me, um, when uh, the book really starts just before the 60s, but mm-hmm. it's mainly from 1960 to 1970. Um, and in the 60s... Uh, you know 1960 the availability of pop music was extremely limited right um i think those of us who are really keen uh would try to get our little transistor radios and get some form of reception with um uh, radio luxembourg indeed yeah i remember that very well <laughs> <laughs> and so um uh you know sort of listening to the top 20 uh, i think it was 11 o'clock on sunday evening uh, when we should be tucked in bed yeah. ready for school in the morning, uh, was uh, quite a, a sort of, what should we say, being a little bit adventurous. Mm. But um, it was really, to me, uh, up to then, the music was very much what well, you heard the odd sort of on rock, the light program, uh, mm. it, you know, the BBC programs, you heard occasionally some rock and roll, but very rarely. Yeah. And there really wasn't much, you know, any uh, television. Uh, with much music of of what I will call that younger generation. Oh, 
as, as the sort of next couple of years went on, it just went through an absolute revolution. Uh-huh. Um, and, you know, I just found it was just almost reflected uh, my sort of what I'll call, I don't know which influence which, if it was that the pop music influenced my behaviour or, or, or basically vice versa, that I just sort of got into it because mm. I, I could relate to it. Yeah, indeed. And of course you started your explorations in the East End of London, which probably was a bit where it was kind of all beginning to happen, wasn't it, in those days? Well, uh, it was really still uh, bomb sites mm-hmm. and uh, the only thing that was really massively popular was the the markets, right? Um, oh. Which uh, my uncle was one of the great showmen. Oh, really? Uh, oh. Yes, he used to uh, throw uh, crockery up in the air, um, <laughs> and uh, it was always a case of, um, uh, well, a lovely chi- bone china tea set throws it up in the air as it just doesn't break, <laughs> and then says, "You can have this for nothing." Uh, and then it goes on to show the rest of the dinner set, which then cost you a fortune. <laughs> yeah. It was always that kind of banter, wasn't it? It was wonderful. It was. <laughs> so, yeah, so that was the sort of my uh, biding memories of, of the East End. And the fact that, I, especially when I was about three or four years old, mm-hmm. uh, the crowds were so tight uh, that my father used to carry me on his shoulders to get to... Uh, uh, to, to, to see Uncle Len or whatever, <laughs> and um, if the crowds were so tight that you could not move at all, oh, so wow. what he used to do was put me back on the ground uh-huh. and and say, you know, kick the people in front, uh, <laughs> <laughs> which I duly obeyed. Then when they turn round, looking very annoyed, his shruggish shoulders and say, "Nothing to do with me." <laughs> Wonderful. Well, I think let's play an appropriate track there, Bran. This is called Reflections My Life, and it's by Marmalade. Changing of sunlight to moonlight, reflections of my life. Oh, how they fill my eyes. The greetings of people in trouble. They fill my eyes All my sorrow Set tomorrow Take me back To my own
But then you moved to Berkshire, uh, which is a very different from London, I guess. You know, what was that like? Oh, it was just absolutely transformational. Um, I'd had quite a few sort of uh, what I'll call um, pollution-related illnesses in, mm-hmm. in the East End of London, uh, and then suddenly to be uh, taken to what was rolling countryside with um, lots of pine forests. And although we lived on a housing estate which was just being built for sort of, you know, a, a nine, ten-year-old, mm-hmm. it was like heaven being able to use all the builder's material to build camps yeah, in the woods. Yeah, indeed. Uh, and, and so it was absolutely like absolute paradise for a child of my age. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember saying very similar, actually, Brian. But let's have another uh, track then. Uh, this is The Monkeys with Take a Giant Step. And sorrows turned your heart to frost I will melt your heart again Remember the feeling as a child When you woke up and morning smiled This time you felt like you did then There's just no percentage in remembering the past It's time you learn to live again at last Come with me, leave yesterday behind And take a giant step outside your mind You stare at me in disbelief Say for you there's no relief But I swear I'll prove you wrong Don't sit in your lonely room Just staring back in silent gloom That's not where you belong Come with me, I'll take you where the taste of life is green Every day holds wonders to be seen Come yesterday with me And take a giant And take a giant step outside your mind And were you getting really into more music at that stage, or, or was it just about the same? Yeah, no, the music was was coming, so any time I could listen to anything, I would. Uh-huh. Um, but um, it was mainly, um, we actually spent a lot of time roaming the countryside, um, and it sounds a bit barbaric now, but collecting um, birds' eggs. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, and we did that right the way until 1962-3, when we had the very severe winter. Uh-huh. Um, and then we walked, I think it was about March time, it hadn't been, it snowed solidly virtually or snow on the ground till from about Christmas Eve right the way through to April. Right. But... Uh, 
we walked across the field in Winter, Winter, uh, Winter Grey Park and saw so many dead birds that we realised that um, it took such a great toll that collecting eggs, although we did it responsibly and oh. tried not to disturb the nest and things, we decided that it was not the thing to do anymore. around about 62, 63 uh, and of course what happened then was that the Beatles burst onto the scene and uh, that must have been so life changing and it must have been difficult for the younger generations really well it must be difficult now shall I say for younger generations to really understand that significance of just how much the Beatles kind of changed everything uh, Yes I, I mean um, uh, there, at the time uh, and it was a little bit later a, a year later uh-huh. uh, was where we had the great sort of um, sort of you either were with the Beatles or you were the, with the Rolling Stones. Yeah, yeah, indeed. Uh-huh. And uh, I was much, much more a Rolling Stones fan. Um, and uh, again, it slightly reflected my attitude towards uh, things like the opposite sex because they were early songs were very misogynistic. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, I just loved the uh, the R and B. Uh, sort of part of it where I felt the Beatles were very popular um, but saying that I couldn't 
sort of secretly not admire them. Yeah, yeah, indeed. Yeah. Progressive rock and even folk rock, wasn't it? Oh, uh, it was phenomenal. And um, uh, I've actually got a, a Spotify uh, list of all the uh, songs that I mention mm-hmm. uh, in the book. Um, it's called Going Back to the 60s at right. um, Spotify. Mm-hmm. But um, 1960, 1961, I think they were about 30 minutes for the whole year. The songs that I thought were interesting or fun uh-huh. when i got to about 66 67 uh, we we're into over two hours <laughs> yeah <laughs> and, word, that. and as you rightly say steve you know there was a huge diversity of songs and you know i was on a, a, a discovery you know from oh. the really deep r&b um right the way to, to motown and what have you oh. it was all to me just fantastic well if you ever plan to motor Take my way, that's the highway, that's the bend. I get your kicks, I'm rooting 66. Well, it winds from Chicago to LA. More than 2,000 miles all the way. I get your kicks, I'm 
your favourite art at the time because you said there was just so much of it and, and in many ways I guess you were just absorbing it all it's very difficult um, uh, I, I, I had some what I would call uh, standard favourites but often these were coloured by uh, life events that took place at the same time sure yeah uh, so uh you know the early part of the 60s was definitely wrapped up with um uh, the rolling stones and and for me one of their best ones uh was at route 66 yeah yeah brilliant track. um then when i get on to 67 uh 68 we're looking at things like um uh harem white mm-hmm. shade of pale yeah so very much different um mm. Uh, and at the end of the uh, 60s, we're, we're into um, the uh, the era of what I'll call the first real sort of super group. Um, Cream and things like that. Uh, well, Cream was a bit earlier, wasn't it? And, yeah. uh, we're, and, and, I, I, and I thought they were fantastic, you know, with oh. Israeli, uh, Israeli gears and what have you. Um, and then, um, you know what, my brain's gone dead. I'm trying, <laughs> uh, of the, well, they're mainly associated with early 70s. Um, People like Led uh, Zeppelin and then... Led Zeppelin, yeah. there we go, there we go, yeah. first time, yes. Uh, and, you know, it was all, you know, suddenly you had these groups turn up and you mm. thought, well, this is fantastic at the level. Yeah. <laughs> The ceiling flew away 
To Brian Havison uh, for joining us and, and very informative interview with him and also with Peter Staples before that. But do stay tuned because in the second half I'm going to be talking to Jim Cregan and uh, he's had an amazing uh, career uh, with Faces, Rod Stewart and loads of others I'm going to tell you all about. So do stay tuned. But let's take you up to the news with a track from Led Zeppelin. This is called Black Dog.
of Tidworth and Ludgershall heard around the world. We are Castle Down FM. On FM, online and through your smart speakers. This is Castle Down FM. News update. From the Sky News Centre at 8, the Israeli military insists it did not target Palestinians surrounding a truck delivering aid in Gaza, but it has admitted some troops did open fire because they were concerned for their safety as the crowd approached, in their words, of a military spokesman in a threatening way. The Hamas-run health ministry says at least 112 people have died as they tried to get to supplies. This witness explains what he saw through a translator. We ran towards the footy to get some. The soldiers and tanks fired at us. The people in the front and back were shot, some in the hands and others in the legs. We left the food and aid and ran. Wayne Cousins was free to abduct, rape and murder Sarah Everard because red flags throughout his career were ignored and investigations exposed how background checks failed to pick up on incidents, including an allegation of indecent exposure in 2015. A 71-year-old man who murdered his wife at a holiday park in Somerset has been jailed for more than 14 years. Simon Steves from Breen previously pleaded guilty to killing his wife, Denise Steves, at their home in Diamond Meadow Lodge Park last October. The Prince of Wales has condemned the persecution of Jewish people who abused because of their religion. So you heard it from me, and so this has no place. I've said that before, and I'll say it again. Both Kath and I are extremely concerned about the rise of anti-Semitism, and I'm just so sorry all of you have had to experience that. It has no place and it shouldn't happen. Prince William was speaking to young people at a synagogue in central London. They spoke to him about their experiences of anti-Jewish prejudice since the beginning of the current conflict in Gaza. Nearly 500 jobs are being cut at the body shop as 75 stores close in the next six weeks. The cost-cutting measure has been taken to try to stabilise finances. And Dave Myers, who was one half of the TV chef duo The Hairy Bikers, has died at the age of 66. His co-star Cy King says he'll remain a beacon in this world. 
That's the latest. I'm Chris Milligan. We are. We are. Castle Down FM on FM 104.7 and 107.6 through your smart speaker. Play Castle Down FM and online via the World Wide Web. We are Castle Down FM. Sounds interesting with Steve G. And uh, welcome back to the uh, second half of uh, Sounds Interesting. And uh, my final guest uh, tonight is Jim Cregan, who, uh, you know, has worked with so many people. And we're going to, uh, I'm going to be talking to him about that. Um, and, uh, you know, he was actually also somebody who appeared on stage with his band at the New Forest Folk Festival. And at the end of the programme, we will play uh, something of uh, some exclusive tracks that were recorded just at that festival, which were recorded live. But anyway, for now, let's uh, have a track from Family, who uh, Jim was part of and uh, played on this uh, hit record that they had. This is Burlesque. Greet up and 
go back a bit on your uh, career, shall we say. Um, and in nine seventy two, you joined the band Family just as they were to embark on a US tour supporting Elton John. Now that must have been a great point uh, of when the you know a great point to actually join the band. Yes, it was. Uh, I was really happy to uh, to go to America for the first time because it, it one of my ambitions as a young was to. Uh-huh. to go to America and be paid for the privilege of uh, doing it. And it's one of the memories that will stay with me forever is that coming across the bridge from the airport, I think it's the Brooklyn Bridge, oh, yeah. you come across it. And uh, and and so it's it's quite a high curve. And as you go up the curve, as you come to the brow of the bridge, and suddenly Manhattan is revealed to you and it was at night. And, I mean, I've never seen buildings like it. (laughs) And it was just stunning. It took my breath away. And, uh, and, you know, 40 or how many years later it is, I still can remember that feeling. It was absolutely amazing. Uh And I got to play all those those, uh, great places, like Carnegie Hall and and Madison Square Garden and all that, you know. Uh It was, it was, and Elton was so cool he was so he was so nice and i got to start a lifelong friendship with bernie Taupin. oh wonderful who, and, and and then i was in a band with him eventually mm-hmm. and wrote a bunch of songs with him which was a privilege yeah I'm very happy to have written with bernie he was lovely he's a great guy
your, your wife, Linda Lewis, also joined you in the band because she, had, she I believe, she'd already done some uh, work on their album Bandstand, isn't that correct? Um, yes, I think so. Yes, she, uh, uh, as well as being a solo artist, she 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 was such a good singer that people, when she sang on, do you think I'm sexy? Uh-huh. She sang on, uh, you know, loads of things for David Bowie and. Uh-huh. And Elton loved her. She opened for Elton on a British tour, um, just as a solo, uh, one small woman with a, an acoustic guitar. Wow. And she could enthrall an audience. In fact, the, the family tour, she came out to visit me for a couple of weeks as a, just as a, 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 a gift to me to have my uh-huh. girlfriend with me. And uh, on one of those nights, uh, the, the truck that carried family's equipment um, broke down, and so we couldn't go on. Uh-huh. This is opening for Elton somewhere, I don't know, somewhere in Arizona, I think. And uh, Linda's there, and somebody gives her an acoustic guitar and says, would you go out and do half an hour, 40 <laughs> minutes? And she did, and she got two encores. Brilliant. <laughs> Family never got an encore the whole time. We did that 11, 13 weeks tour or whatever it was. We never got an encore at all. <laughs> she comes out just on when he gets two. We were, <laughs> we were hey, blown away. That's the way.
voice of Tidworth and Ludgershall, heard around the world. We are Castle Down FM. Sounds interesting with Steve G. Was that right. quite a, a surprise to the band? Although I guess it must have uh, actually increased your exposure. Um, well, they'd had a they'd, they'd had a couple of hits prior to that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, what was it? Uh, in my own time, I think that was a, that was somewhat of a hit. You know, I, quite mm. honestly, I didn't follow the chart success of Family particularly closely until until I was in the band and. Yeah. and you know, as you don't, you know, you're not oh, really, sure. you're busy doing other stuff. Oh. Um, but yeah, they were, it was, it was a great band to be part of. Absolutely oh. wonderful. And I, 
I uh, replaced the wonderful late John Wetton, which was really, he was, he was a wonderful musician, a wonderful bass player. And of course I was a guitar player Uh who was masquerading as a bass player. (laughs) Uh, And and I got away with it. Well, I got away with it well enough that when family broke up, uh, I got offered a job to play bass in bad company, which I was surprised surprised because I thought you must be able to find somebody better than me. And, uh, and, and eventually I said, you know what? uh, Mick Ralphs, it was called me up. Uh And I said, um, I'm really sorry, but I, I don't really want to be a bass player. I, 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 I like playing bass, but I didn't want to, I, I'm, I'm much more comfortable being a guitar player. Oh. So I said, I'm going to go back to playing guitar. <laughs> and so he said, oh, fair enough, we'll get somebody else, which obviously they did. Seven and 107.6 through your smart speaker. 
play Castle Down FM and online via the World Wide Web. We are Castle Down FM. Sounds interesting with Steve G. after that uh, burlesque single wasn't it um i think we, there was a there was this very strange cycle that went on we would work in in europe and britain and amass a war chest full of, uh, of money mm-hmm. in, and then take this money to america and try and conquer america and get entirely squandered because the americans didn't really want to know about it. i think it's roger's unique voice was too unique for 
the Americans. Uh-huh. They they didn't they, they didn't really want to. And so, you know, it happens quite often. I mean, Steve Harley's voice didn't resonate with the Americans either. You yeah. know, so we so we we ran America more than once in order to try and to interest them, but they they you know turned their backs. Uh-huh. Yes. Um, and, and as I you mentioned, it was, sorry, as you mentioned the fact about Steve Harley, because that was who you went to, wasn't it, when the band, when family disbanded? Yeah, 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 I got offered that job, yeah. And uh, and I, I didn't intend to, uh, people had warned me that Steve Harley was not much fun, but I did a session with him, um, because after Cockney Rebel Mark I broke uh-huh. up, yeah. um, he... He wanted to put a record out. He didn't have a band, so he put together this band. She was lovely. It was Simon Phillips on drums. He was amazing, uh-huh. and uh, George Ford on bass, who was an excellent bass player, um, and Pete Wingfield on piano. Oh, and um, and it was, it was a really really nice band. Uh-huh. And so then he 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 like I got on so well with him. Uh-huh. He said, "Do you want to play a festival?" And, and I said, "Yeah, okay." He said, "Well, it's a you know, it's a couple of days away, and it's the Reading Festival. We're second on the bill." I said, God <laughs> Almighty, how am I going to a whole show in that time? But I did so, and um, and he was so charismatic on stage that when he said, "Do you want to join the band?" I said, "Absolutely, yeah, I'll have some." And of course, then the f- next thing we did was uh, make that record come up, see me make me smile. That was the first thing uh, was on the first album, and off we went. Done it all. You broke every code. Fall the rebel to the floor. You spoke the game, no matter what you say. But only metal, whatever. Nothing left or gone and run away. Maybe you'll tarry for a while. It's just a test, a game for us to play. Win or lose, it's hard to smile. Resist, resist. You have to have Come up and see me To make me smile smile. I'll do what you want But I do
that you linked up with Rod Stewart uh, when the faces called in 1975. And Rod Stewart, of course, has always been quite an amazing front man. But what was it like yeah. working with him as a guitarist? Oh, lovely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely brilliant. Great, great amounts of freedom. Mm-hmm. He, uh, he, he, once he figured that you deserve your place in the band, right. he, he would allow you... He's a band, essentially, in those days, and for many, many years... Rod was essentially a band player. You know, he was in yeah. Steam Packet. He was in, uh, oh, uh, he was in Baldry's band. He might be the lead singer, but he, and, and particularly with the faces, uh, the, the, the were people making contributions from every from every instrument. Yeah. And so, Indeed. so he was very open to suggestions, writing suggestions, mm. arrangement suggestions. I mean, it was a, it's a, a, a it was a dream working with him. I mean, mm. and we're, we're still we're still incredibly close. I mean, I see him as often as we can find a day to get together. I go over to his house in um, in Essex mm. and spend the night and you know, hang out and drink fine wine and tell stories about how fabulous we used to be. <laughs> <laughs>
Station. Your music on 104.7. This is Castle Down FM. Sounds interesting with Steve G. <laughs> because I would say you've worked with some solo artists, Elton John, who you've already mentioned, Tina Turner, Katie Mallower, Cat Stevens. Now, all of them are obviously different kinds of music, but what were they like to work with? Oh, well, um, I only, with, with, um, with Tina Turner, only actually played with her on stage mm-hmm. uh, a couple of times. But she, I did go and see her one time in New York, and she was playing a big club. And I walked in, and she was playing a song from Foolish Behaviour, having been the title track. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was called Kill My, Kill My Wife. She, she called it, I want to kill it. And, and that was a moment and a half. I'm walking in and, uh, and she's playing a song that I wrote with Rod and some of the other guys. Oh. I'm thinking, boy, this is a minute here. Hey, I'll take this. I can't stand the rain against my window. Bringing back sweet memories. Can't stand the right against my window Cause he ain't here with me Hey, window pane Tell me, do you remember How sweet it used to be
the studio via our Facebook page or Twitter at Castle Down FM. Sounds interesting with Steve G. Standing strong Yet feel the air beneath my feet How can happiness feel so wrong How can misery feel so sweet closest thing to crazy I have ever been Feeling 22 Acting 17 This is the nearest thing to crazy I have ever known I was never crazy
I'd ever lifted the Antigua Tone Sing song. <laughs> but, um, but Katie Melio, a dream, absolute dream, oh. most kind, thoughtful, sweetest person you could bump into on the planet. Really? Lovely. She is exactly as you see her, this kind, gentle yeah. soul. Oh. Absolutely wonderful. Never, never saw any hint of, excuse me, I'm a star. You know, she'd get on, oh. put on a silly hat and get on the, on the tube in London. Wonderful. And she was just, just an absolute delight. And what a voice. Yeah. So pure, that voice. It's scary pure. Brilliant. She didn't seem to have any nerves. <laughs> wow. No, so that was really weird. Yeah. Which is, it was, was Henry Spinetti, you know, who played with Eric Clapton oh. and God knows who on drums. And me from, you know, a real old, silly old fart on guitar. And we'd be, we'd be quite nervous when we'd go on to play these, whatever these concerts were, oh. especially if they were being televised. She wouldn't, she, for her, it'd be just like going to shops to buy take away uh, the pizza. Okay. <laughs> I, couldn't, I couldn't believe it. I, I couldn't, Henry uh, and I was like, how does she do it? How does she get away with it? <laughs> yeah. And what so, about Cat Stevens? Oh, yeah, same thing. Yeah, oh. same. I, I worked with him recently. So I worked with him hundreds of years ago uh, um, with Linda Lewis. It was a world tour. Uh-huh. I was in Linda's band. But we all got on so well that I ended up playing about six songs in, in, in Steve, we used to call him those. Oh. Um, uh, I played about six songs in, towards the back end of his show. Oh. And he came on and sang with Linda, did a duet. So it was a lovely um, mashup of uh, yeah. the, the, all the people on the tour all, you know, played in each other's band. We all traveled in the same um, way and stayed mm-hmm. in the same hotel. It was, it was lovely. He couldn't be kinder. Well, thank you very, very much, uh, Jim Cricken, for uh, being being on my, my show, being on our show, and enjoying, uh, you know, being able to enjoy everything you've told us. It's been uh, really great to have had you with And as I say, uh, absolute pleasure. Thank you, Jim Cricken. So, uh, but we don't want to leave it there because Jim Cricken, of course, joined us in uh, the, the New Forest Folk Festival and uh, he did an amazing set so we want to uh, share you a couple of exclusive tracks from that show uh, and the first one we're going to play is this one which I hope you're going to really enjoy
Works so much with uh, Rod Stewart. Well, uh, we will have uh, lots more actually from Jim McCregan, uh, sorry, Jim McCregan, on uh, our next New Forest Folk Festival uh, when we go back and, and look at some of the live recordings like that one that we made, uh, and that will be on the 26th of October. But talking of uh, festivals, uh, the Straubs uh, played their last gig at Property Festival in August, so uh, next week we're going to have a tribute to uh, to a very talented band uh, who have been enjoyed by fans since 1967, and uh, so do join us again for that. But let's leave you with another of Jim Cregan's uh, tracks from that uh, New Forest Folk Festival, exclusive to Castle Down FM.
FM, online and through your smart speakers. This is Castle Down FM. News update.